Greetings, EVP listeners, and thank you for joining us for episode 15 of EV Podcast. In tonight's episode, we're going to be discussing curses and their origins, as well as looking back through history at some supposed hexes and curses that have plagued people, places, and things. Chris, hello. Why, hello, Cara. Is this becoming a running theme now? Well... As you know, it's because I was mistook for a woman earlier. So I feel like... The second time this year. For the second time this year. Yeah. <laughs> I can't help it that I'm I've got <laughs> luscious, luscious locks of hair. That's not, you know. And you'd think the fact that I've got a beard would kind of give it away, but uh, apparently not. Although this guy did see me from behind, so I've, I must have a womanly shape as well. Must have. I know I have. What am I talking about? I'm blessed. <laughs> I know. I often compare my body to yours and wonder what went wrong. <laughs> well, for, for both of us. Yeah. Oh, don't feel bad. Once it was a few years ago, but I got mistaken for a bloke. Really? Yeah. I, it was when I was working um, for a mental health charity and I'd gone out somewhere and I held a door open for someone and I can't remember exactly what they said, but they said like "thank you, sir," or "you're you're such a gentleman." That was it. Wow, you're such a gentleman. And I had my hair up that day, no makeup on. I was like, "Well, that's the last time that happens." <laughs> should have had a shave before you went to work. Oh, I never shave. Do you know what? That's very similar. You, you've just brought the memories flooding back of what happened to me when I had like my first job, and it's why I got my hair cut. So I, I don't know how old I was, seventeen maybe. And I had hair down to my shoulders, no beard, couldn't grow any kind of beard or anything like that. And hair down to my shoulders. And I was at the checkout of home base and a woman and a little girl were at the conveyor belt putting their stuff through. And the woman said to her daughter, give your money to the young lady. (laughs) And I went, that's £4.95, please. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Do you know what? I just hated working there with a passion because it was just one of those. It was just a a part time job. You know, I wanted to do a good job, but I know nothing about DIY. And I I can remember some bloke coming up to me saying, yeah, I've got a bit of damp in my uh, ceiling. What would you recommend for that, mate? I'm thinking, I got a clue. I got a clue. Don't ask me. I mean, I know I work here, but (laughs) what are you you thinking asking me? (laughs) <laughs> do I look like I own my own house yet? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I live with my mum. Oh, bless. Anything uh, spooky happened to you this week? Yes, actually. Oh. It was yesterday, and I've taken a picture, but there's nothing there. So yesterday, <laughs> I was... I'll send the picture. Oh, my God. I've, I've, I was literally, as you said that, taking a swig of Coke. Uh, yeah, something really amazing happened, and I took a picture, but there's nothing there. I know. Well, whatever. So yesterday I was doing my exercising and I was on my rug in my living room and I was just laying on my back because I was knackered. I was looking up and our stair banister sort of loops around so you've got a gap where you can just see straight up through to the ceiling and some of the banisters on the landing. Yeah. And I was laying there. I thought I saw like a dark silvery shape dart across the landing from my bedroom towards the bathroom but it was a split second yeah it was for a split second and it wasn't like 
um, person sized. It was probably about the size of a cat or something, but it wasn't even shaped like a, a cat. It was just a sort of mess. It, I, I mean, that I saw it. I just sort of stretched out, got my phone, took a few pictures, but there was nothing there. Did you check to see if a cat had sort of strayed into your house? Well, no, but I've been up around the house a lot since, and there's no, there's nothing there. Oh, ghost cat! I'd be really happy if I had a cat, though. <laughs> yeah, even a ghost one. Yeah, absolutely. I'll put some ghost food out for it. <laughs> what about I, you? I know nothing weird happened to me, but I did have a really weird dream, or maybe it's paranormal. Um, I personally don't believe it is i think it's just the amount of horror films and things i watch but i had a dream last night where i was best friends with darren brown first off i've been watching a lot of darren brown lately mm. um and we were we were riding around in like this golf cart thing and uh he was showing me his mate's airfield and the planes coming into land and then something happened and I was strapped to a table and I had the skin on my face removed. And they were trying and they were trying to like you could see just all the red gooness, if that's a word. Goonies. And they were and, and they were doing Didn't something. You? Yeah. They they had sort of folded my face down and they were doing something. And uh I, I got woken up then. So I never really found out what what was coming next. But that was quite freaky. I don't know what that says about me or other than, yeah, I watched too much horror. I was watching Darren Brown last night, so I know where that came from. Well, there you go. You could say that the dream was cursed. Oh, God. It could be that it was a premonition of what's to happen. Yeah, it could be a, a premonition of our discussion we're going to have. <laughs> okay. So, as we've both mentioned now, today's topic is curses. And... We're going to discuss, as I said, some of the ones from history and whether it is just hype from the media that drives people to believe that hexes exist and that bad fortune is a result of that. Um, because I think we've mentioned before, I think it was for the exorcist discussion. Yeah, we, yeah, we were saying about how the media drummed up all of the um, terrible events that happened to drive publicity and get more views so throughout history people have promoted stories of curses for various reasons for sports fans curses can help explain why their favorite team might have lost or if a death is misunderstood people might blame it on a curse for as a form of an explanation sometimes curses can come about just because people want to make up stories or in the case of publicity, you know, to get things mm -hmm. out there. Um, so curses have apparently been wreaking hypothetical havoc for centuries. And I, I don't know about you, but when I think of curses, my mind usually goes straight to the mummy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that, uh, that, that was certainly the first one I ever heard of. Yes, yeah, same here. And funnily enough, some of the more well-known forms of curses actually stem from Egyptians and mummies. Um, in ancient Egypt, curses 
as you'll know from the movie, were usually placed on tomb entrances uh, inscribed in the tomb chapel or more public parts of the tomb, written on walls, false doors, statues, and sometimes even coffins, all in an effort to protect the sacred monuments inside from being uh, discovered or looted. And what I found fascinating is that sometimes these inscriptions sometimes spoke of the deceased coming back to life to seek revenge. I was just like, how terrifying is that? Mm. Is that actually happened? I mean, I, I've, I've always been fascinated with this concept of ancient Egypt um, curses. I can remember as a kid, I used to get consistently, I would get the same two books out of the library. Not that we have libraries anymore. Thank you very much, Tory government. But we have so much, so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, uh, yeah, I'll probably cut that bit out. Um, I used to get the same two books. I used to get a book on magic, like card tricks and that kind of thing. And I used to get a book on ancient Egypt. And uh, a part of that was um, the uh, Tutankhamun's uh, tomb and, and curse, yeah. which uh, you'll, you'll probably come on to in a minute. Uh, but I, I kid you not, right, I've got two things that I want to happen to me after I die, uh, assuming I've got money, which at the moment I haven't. So number one, um, I'd really like to uh, be buried in a tomb and I'll put my own damn curse on the tomb. And I, what I'm thinking is I'll be buried with my treasures in the hope that someone does rob the grave so that I can come back. <laughs> um, and you, you're laughing like I'm joking. I'm only half joking. If I could I'll, do this, I'll, I'll I would to follow this up. So don't I worry. Would, I would do it. Um, and the other way I'd really like to go is I'd like to be stuffed and um, moved around the room. Oh my god, this is so bizarre. Me and my mum have had these exact same two conversations. Really? Yes, in like the last 15 years we've talked about this. And now I have to get into the whole thing. Right, so going back to your first one about um, being buried um, with a curse thing. Mm -hmm. When I lived in Mostockside, there was a, a church down the bottom of the road where my one of my granddad's is buried. And me and my mum usually would go for a walk in the evenings just to stretch our legs and we'd go down to the graveyard and we were in there and I trod on some, I trod on something. I think it might've been like the edge of someone's grave. And I don't know. I'm just that kind of respectful person that I, I apologize to the person's grave who it is mm. because, you know, that's their patch. Yeah, um, I would as well. Yeah. I just, I don't want them. I, it might sound silly because, you know, they're not, here physically with us anymore and no one's there to know that I've done that um but I said I said sorry and I swear to god someone went it's all right <laughs> like literally like that this has become a running joke with me and my mum and I shat myself not literally <laughs> <laughs> I turned around I said to my mum did you say that and I can't remember if she'd said something at the exact same time or not or whatever if i just heard it um but then it became an idea that when my mum passed away we would put a um like a voice recorder with a sensor on her grave so if anyone like approached it or stood on it, <laughs> well, oh <my> it. <laughs> or um like music would start playing or some kind of doll would pop up from the ground oh, god and then the other thing was when bates motel um, the series starring Freddie Highmore and Vera Farmiga came out a few years ago and 
um, Norman would have his mother placed around the house. Um, I said to my mum, like, how weird would it be if we got you stuffed? And she said, yeah, you could place me in a chair and move me around and put me in different positions and make people think that, you know, they're losing their minds. Honestly, I would love that. So it's really weird that we both had these. We're on the same wavelength because I think they could keep me in a cupboard and then get me out at Christmas. (laughs) Do you know? (gasps) You know what? Because your birthday's on Halloween, I bet one night a year you come back to life. (sighs) That'd be good. I'd get to be asleep for 364 days a year. <laughs> that that sounds like a good ratio to me. Yeah, that's brilliant. My dad used to do that with my man's ashes. Used to keep <laughs> used to keep her under the stairs, and then he'd bring her out at Christmas and put a paper out on her. <laughs> oh my god! And also, used to I used to work with someone who had her cat stuffed, but had uh, in a in a curled kind of lying down position. No, they curl. Yeah. So she she had it stuffed, but she had a zip put in it so she could keep her pajamas in it. Oh, not oh, in a cute way, but oh, as in poor kitty. <laughs> and okay. Oh dear. Should I'm we go back to curses? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so let's. <laughs> Luckily, I have no curses about stuffed cats today. Uh, where were we? We were talking about uh, Egyptians being deceased and coming back to life to seek revenge um Mm -hmm. or or that these curses would call for judgment to be undertaken in the underworld and that's that's a that's a fact isn't it that's not yeah no this is facts i know the victorians like to exaggerate things but that's actually uh that's actually true that they did inscribe these things on the tombs didn't they yeah and writers had warned people not to tamper with the mummies or their tombs because they knew that the Egyptians practiced magic during funeral ceremonies. So mm. it was believed that curses were placed around the burial sites by priests in order to protect both the mummies and the deceased's in death. And uh, these beliefs formed the idea behind this curse of the pharaohs, which is the belief that anyone who entered or disturbed the tomb of a mummy particularly that of a pharaoh, would be subject to bad luck and inevitable death. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And it was this kind of curse that gained infamy, going back to what you mentioned earlier, which is the tomb of the pharaoh Tutankhamun when that was opened in the 1920s. British archaeological team opened the tomb of Tutankhamun who was an Egyptian pharaoh during the 14th century BC. Now, two months later, when the team's sponsor died from a bacterial infection, the British newspapers claimed without evidence that he'd died because of King Tut's curse. So straight away, the media have jumped on this and are trying to get, you know, resources. How very unlike newspapers. I know. You just never hear of anything like that, do you? (laughs) So the curse that surrounded the tomb was supposedly pro- uh, supposedly promised death to all who violated King Tut's tomb. And the newspapers added fantastic details to their accounts of uh, this person's death, claiming that at the exact moment he died, the lights dimmed all throughout Cairo. Which is incredible to think. Mm. 
that you know if a curse did exist that the result of the curse coming into fruition would cause something of that effect yeah but it actually wasn't that surprising for power outages to occur in Cairo because they actually happened on a daily basis yeah yeah so my jaw when I read that went from being like oh to oh <laughs> I did 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 quite a few people meet an unfortunate end who were part of that party who who uh, broke into his tomb. Yeah, it was over the next decade, and again the media greeted each of their deaths with renewed speculation. Um, but it wasn't. Where where do you draw the line? Because obviously. Everyone's going to die at some point. So it was like we were saying with the um, the exorcist and the deaths there. At some point, everyone's going to, uh, you know, how far away from the event can you say, well, that's no longer due to that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know exactly how many people were in this team who opened the tomb. But uh, within, I think it's like 11 or 12 years, six of the people had died, which... You know, people have said it, that. Well, that's hardly a powerful curse. But if I knew how many people had been involved, you know, it, I mean, was it six of eight? Was it six of twelve? Because then you're thinking, mm. okay, why within ten years have that many people died? Yeah. And yeah, they might be of separate things, but it is a bit odd. And how um, how old were they? And because you've got to think. The, they basically um, had existing underlying medical issues as well. Yeah, and our medicine was nowhere near what it is now oh yeah no not at all i I do love that kind of mystique though around it's never going to go away uh ancient egypt and specifically tutankhamun's tomb as well uh it's it's probably the most famous one isn't it it is and there's just such mystery and beauty surrounding egypt and its history can i can i tell you my favorite uh, curse no okay <laughs> <laughs> well mine's mine's interesting in that it isn't real uh but but it's complete fiction but there's a, a reason why i'm uh, telling you so at orton towers there's a ride called hex okay and orton towers the actual towers the the big manor house is in absolute ruin and i've never understood why they don't they must get millions why they don't refurbish this place i mean it's literally like some bits you walk through there's no roof there's no windows it's completely gutted and then other bits um are okay and then other bits are part of a ride now this ride is called hex and as you're queuing up you're you're going through like this big hallway within the towers and it's supposed to be being renovated like an like an archaeological kind of thing so there's um there's uh all the statues are covered with sheets and things like that anyway as you're going through uh, to kind of keep you sane while you're queuing there's uh, tvs that are talking to you like it's news reports and it's saying how um a secret passage was found during rent rent uh, renovations um and that in this chamber they found this kind of a mix of occult practice and science uh and then it goes on 
into another bit and there's another TV and it tells you the story of what's happened. And uh, allegedly one of the uh, one of the earls of Shrewsbury who uh, owned the towers was uh, riding back to the towers uh, in his carriage. He was stopped by an old woman. Uh, this you know, classic story. She asked for some money and he was disgusting to her, at which point she revealed she was a witch and she cursed him. And she, this curse that she gave was that every time a branch falls from this certain oak tree on the property, uh, a member of his family will die. Uh, and that night there was a huge storm, lightning hit the tree and a branch fell and a member of his family suddenly died. So then the Earl decided to chain the tree up. So the entire tree is chained and all the chains go into the branches so that none could fall uh, and none ever did again. Uh, so he believed he beat the curse. Uh, but then in the story, he was so obsessed with finding out how this worked. He took that branch that fell back into his castle, the towers, and started experimenting on it. Um, and then that's the ride. The ride is um, one of those rides that um, goes upside down, you know, like the Mary Rose ship and this tree trunks in the middle. Anyway, the reason why I bring that up is it's based on the smallest amount of truth in that in Alton Towers, the, the property is sprawling. It's like a huge country estate. There's an oak tree that to this day is chained up and no one knows why. Um, it's, there's even a, a B&B you can stay in called the Chained Oak. Um, although the, the story is just that this eccentric Earl ordered that the, the tree be chained up because he was fearful of something. Have you seen this tree? No, we're going to go this time. We're going to go and check it out. Uh, we always we, you can get to it. Um, it's not actually in the park. It's in it's in the original property. Um, so you have to go out of your way to to get to it. But I just I, I think that's uh, similarly to Tutankhamun's curse, um, even though this one is completely fictitious. There are some truths to it, uh, just like they they inscribed curses in, onto their tombs this story that's been fabricated is based on a weird you, you know this guy has chosen to um chain this oak up and i think that's what gives a lot of it that kind of credibility that there is some truth to it yeah absolutely and the, the thing with curses throughout history is that they don't necessarily have to be written words they can be verbal or performed yeah. like rituals um, and it's funny when you mentioned the tree, it, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but on Netflix there's um, this movie trilogy called Fear Street. And Fantastic. Isn't it just, I devoured it. I wasn't expecting it to be as bloody as it was. No, it was really, really good. I mean, the straight away, yeah. the first movie when they put, um, I think it was High Voltage, they had on yeah. uh, by the Electric Six. And I was just like, oh, what a tune. It's brilliant, and isn't it? Away, it just got right into the action with murder. And I was like, okay, well, this is this is something I can get on board with. And um, I think I started watching it just after the second one had been released. So I, all in one day, I watched the first and the second one. And I was like, oh, no, I have to wait for the next one. But hmm. all of that is based on a curse, isn't it? About um, yes. yeah. Sarah, Sarah Fair. Yeah. Um, and how she was wrongly accused to be a witch. And then she cursed the people who, or the person who had wronged her yes she wouldn't let them rest throughout uh eternity um going back to what we said 
about curses being verbal, that can be tied into witchcraft and hexes. And I know that you and I are both fans of witchcraft. Yes. Witches and wizards. <laughs> um, so what I did, well, and what we already know, is um, that binding spells would be used by witches, which they would scratch into the surface of thin lead tables, and these tablets would then be rolled up, nails would be driven into them, and they were placed underground. And sometimes they would end up in the bottom of wells or nailed into temple walls. And what was interesting was that um, some time ago, a tablet was actually found in London, and the curse inscribed on it reads, I curse Tricia Maria and her life and mind and memory and liver and lungs mixed up together, and her words, thoughts and memory. Thus may she be unable to speak what things are concealed, nor be able. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's like a real curse. That is freaky. <laughs> well, it's not a real curse, but you know, that yeah, the fact yeah. that Back in time, people actually really believed that doing something like this would befall misfortune on people. And, you know, we're going back to the Egyptians and how curses existed then. And they've just, it's just spanned across centuries to present day. I've got a book that quite graphically describes how to do it in this day and age um it's quite a dark book um and i'm not going to talk about how to do it but it's um it's quite horrible <laughs> and but you're right there are people that still do this kind of thing still firmly believe that it works uh, is it something you believe in yeah yeah i believe that it does work i think that intention has a lot of power um, I think my mum definitely believes in that as well. I, I think, I think, yeah, I agree. I think that your the the, the power of your belief, yeah, um, can change our environment. And I think there is some serious scientific people who who are open to that kind of thing. I think if the recipient is open to it as well then it becomes all the more certain because whether it happens or not both parties will believe it happens and so it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy doesn't it but i do agree with you that i think the, the power of the mind and intention is untapped and we don't really fully understand what we're capable of honestly i don't See, there's two sides to it, because I, I I definitely believe that the mind is our greatest gift and also our worst enemy. Um, going back some years for me, I had a physical issue that I went to the doctors about, but the only reason I had it was because I was fixating on some fixating on it, and I had actually created this issue myself. And as soon as I was prescribed medication for my anxiety and my depression, the problem went away. That's incredible. So, you know, I created this issue myself. It wasn't like self-inflicted, like I wasn't harming myself, but I just had a problem that I, like it might have occurred once. And I was like, okay, why has this happened? 
I know I'd keep checking every day. Why has it happened? Well, you know, is it there? Is it there? And it would just happen repeatedly to the point that I was making myself sick. But it was all to do with my mind. Mm. Um, and then, so going back to curses, I think if you're telling someone they're cursed or if they do such a thing, it, it depends on the state of mind, doesn't it? Because you can be someone who dismisses things so easily, um, like your wife, She, if she hears about or experiences something ghostly, she will try and conjure up a reasonable explanation for it. So there's people mm. like that who will dismiss things. And, it's, you know, if something does befall them, they're not going to believe that it is due to a curse or a hex or some kind of jinx. But other people who are preempt to, you know, taking in emotional baggage and feeling things on a much deeper level than other people you know like or if they like have ocd or like anxiety mm. or depression then straight away their mind is going to fixate on that and they're going to be drip feeding it and every little action they do they're going to think okay is this because of that what you said earlier um about you have to be in the right mindset Again, I have another story about this. My mum, when she was in high school, she she will, she will love me for, for sharing this. It was Bella Lugosi's birthday, um, and he passed by this point. But she sang happy birthday to him at her lunch, in her lunch hall, like just at her table. And this girl came and picked on her for it, and she was like taking a piss. And my mum said to her, I'm going to come to you in your dreams tonight. And I don't know if she said like, you know, I'm just, gonna, I think she said, I'm just going to come visit you in your dreams tonight. But this girl believed that my mum could do that and that she would. And she just burst into tears and ran away. Ah, good. But it's just like, you know, what yes. in her mind possessed her to think, oh, Rowena is going to come and get me. That's really cool. And they, these, were, these were teenagers as well. It's not like she was mm. like eight years old and, that this is like you know it's possible in the land of imagination yeah um, i mean i i i i think you, you, the mind is so powerful and i just remembered one of the things i was talking about with um science starting to um kind of find some proof for this so the uh, the stigmata is um, exhibiting the stigmata is where you have like this kind of religious epiphany and you start to show on your body the wounds of Christ, typically bleeding from uh, the hands. Mm. Um, but it can be the wrists. Um, and interestingly, the hands is where everyone thinks uh, Jesus was uh, nailed. But it was actually the wrists um, if, to be historically accurate. Um, but that's the key thing. Um, most people who exhibit the stigmata will bleed from the hands. Almost all people who this happens to, and obviously is a very, very, very rare occurrence, everyone who this happens to is very religious and, you know, overwhelmed with religious feelings. So, so sure in their belief. Um, but what's interesting is there is actually some evidence that the mind can actually make the body bleed in different places. So it might be that blood accumulates uh, somewhere and then you know someone scratches it and it suddenly starts to bleed and if you're extremely religious you're thinking I, I, I'm, I'm blessed I've got the the signs of the stigmata but I just find it fascinating that the mind 
I mean, you, you, your mind controls so many things in your body that you personally have no control over. Uh, like you don't, you can you can make yourself do it, but you don't control your breathing. You don't control your heartbeat. You don't control most of the processes in your body. Um, so is it a stretch to think that you can convince yourself that something's happening and your mind make it happen? I, I think it's incredible. And then to relay that back to curses, who's to, who's to say that... Um, it's not possible to to form some sort of link with someone and and apply some sort of negative force to them. I don't know. I think it's it's a really interesting topic. Just to follow on from what you've said there, um, with curses and being linked to someone, and drawing that to uh, witches and hexes. I'm you're obviously aware of like the witch bottles yes. that witches would use and take physical possessions or hairs bits of dna from people and mix it in with other things do you believe that having uh, a physical bodily like a bodily part from the person you're w wanting to curse or a, a printed photograph of them would amplify a curse or whether mm. it's enough just to have that intent in your mind or do i you think, think it's something physical I think if it's if it's possible in the first place, if it's possible, then it can only help to have those items because it's focusing your mind. I guess it's like, I don't know, if, if someone believes in the power of a magic wand, does it inherently have any power or is it just that it's helping you to focus because you've got something uh, that represents what you're trying to do? I still think it's all about the mind, uh, but other things might help that. I definitely agree with you there. It's sort of like channeling and focusing. Yeah. On, yeah, it helps you to direct that energy. Huh. Okay, so we've gone off topic again completely. So, <laughs> to carry on. Um, so, to bring it back to some historical curses, I have two more that I'm going to share, and these are my favourites from my research. So, some of you may have already heard of this one, but it's about James Dean and his car, which he called Little Bastard. And this was the car that he unfortunately passed him. And it was a silver Porsche 550 Spider, and it was struck by an oncoming vehicle. And within about a year of the crash, the car was loosely involved in two more fatal accidents, which caused two more injuries to, to people. And in some of the better confirmed series of incidents, um, a hot rod designer purchased a car and while getting it tuned up, the mechanic's legs were broken um, because the car fell on them. And two doctors apparently bought the engine and the transmission from this Porsche. Uh, one of them who was later killed and the other seriously injured in a subsequent car accident and someone else bought the tires which blew simultaneously sending the driver to hospital and then it sort of gets a bit muddled as to the reports and uh, the accuracy but apparently the shell of this Porsche disappeared sometime before 1960 when it was on the exhibition circuit and according to some, a truck that was carrying it crashed, killing the driver. And the car was gone by the time authorities arrived at the scene. 
Wow. So uh, it just seems that seems like a lot of misfortune yeah. for one one car, doesn't it? At what point do you say this is more than coincidence? I mean, it's certainly at the point where, to me, you have to think about it. Well, definitely. I mean, yeah, I can understand that tyres blow all the time. So but one thing after another after another is just uh, it's strange. It's all involving parts of this particular car. I know. I mean, some might say that James Dean didn't want other people to have his car, and yeah. that effect has been fed through to through to all of these parts. No, that's incredible. Yeah. It is. And then the other one was the curse of the Kennedy family. So um, John F. Kennedy, he he was assassinated. Um, but his brother, Joseph, and sister Kathleen, they both died in separate plane crashes in 1944 and 1948. Um, JFK, obviously, assassinated at the age of 46. His younger brother, Robert, was assassinated in 1968. Um, his youngest brother survived a plane crash in 64, but in 1969, he was driving a car that went off a bridge and caused the death of his companion. In 84, Robert Kennedy's son died of a drug overdose and his other son, Michael, died in a skiing accident. And then just before the turn of the century, JFK Jr., his wife and his sister-in-law all died when the small plane that he was piloting crashed into the Atlantic Ocean. That's insane, isn't it? It's insane that that amount of um, death... What, can... was, what was the time period over those deaths? Uh, 1944 is the earliest. That was when his brother Joseph died in a plane crash and 1999 was another plane crash with the, the family so about 55 years so it's bookended between two it would be interesting to see if there was a period in that time where they were all concentrated if one is maybe a, one of the far ends is an outlier of just misfortune it's all possible but all of these things lead in to uh plot devices don't they to be used in television and movie so where would we be without curses yeah the uh well harry potter certainly would uh <laughs> need to have a rethink so do you want to lead us into this week's listener story i do i've got a uh, story for us um this is a guy called uh, michael and this is related to a hospital in samaritano uh, barra in brazil samaritano barra in brazil and this happened approximately four years ago and he says i'm a doctor and have worked in huge hospitals in rio spezia and manchester there isn't a day in a week where you don't experience paranormal activities there was once a time i was coming for work late at night in rio brazil I stopped to refill my gas at a gas station and a woman walked up to me wearing the hospital gown. I was surprised seeing her there by that time and upon inquiry she says she wants to thank me for the care I showed her in the hospital and that she's been discharged and her family are waiting. Mm. She walked away into the darkness 
As I zoomed off to scold the nurses for discharging a woman by that time of night, the first nurse I walked up to told me, I'm, I'm sorry, doctor, we lost a patient an hour ago. We walked into the ward to see the corpse before we could transfer it to the morgue. On the bed was the woman that I met at the gas station. That taught me that ghosts don't bear the mortal injuries or marks after life. We covered her up and all was traumatised that night. Oh, what a touching story. Yeah, and that she actually went up to him and said, just wanted to thank you for the care you gave me. That's beautiful. That's incredible, isn't it? Oh, that's actually really touched me, that. Yeah, it's given me chills, you know. I think that's really sweet. And thank I think, you, um, in. That's lovely. I, I have to say as well, not... Not, not, you know, I've I've enjoyed all of the the listener stories that we've had, um, but this is this is a medical doctor who um, has has come forward with this information, and if if ghosts are real, why not in the setting of the, the place where people most normally die? Um, I think it's a fantastic story, and he didn't he, he didn't um, see her disappear. She disappeared into the darkness, so it's not as if he he was frightened at the time. He just thought, you know, why is this woman walking around in the darkness in her hospital gown? I know. See, now my the other side of my mind is kicking in now and thinking, what if he was overtired and imagining this? Yeah, it could be. It could be, or it could have just been a, a different patient entirely. Mm. But I do like these stories. We've had a few of them that we do like. Uh, I do like these stories with a kind of um not positive it's not the right word but a, a touching part to them yeah quite heartfelt and uplifting yeah yeah, yeah. No, i really i enjoyed that one a lot yeah good one thank you very much michael i think that would make a brilliant movie <laughs> yeah yeah i think so too okay we're gonna have some news now we've got three stories and i'm gonna start it off with uh, Galileo Project, scientists to search for signs of extraterrestrial technology. Now, uh, this is kind of in the wake of the Pentagon release on the, the, the hugely important uh, report that was released that basically said, we don't know what these things are. <laughs> and um, So a team of scientists, um, which is being led by Harvard University, are searching for uh, signs of extraterrestrial life um what I, what's quite interesting about this is that they're doing it from scratch so they're not relying on any anecdotal stories or any data from the government or anything like that because they said that it's often uh, embargoed and, and top secret so they wouldn't get all of it anyway so they're, they're kind of starting independently and from from scratch um and this is, I'm not even, I'm not even going to attempt to say it, but there was this, there's this huge piece of rock, that, which has been named O-U-M-U-A-M-U-A. Cara, how would you say that? I asked Tom how he would say it, and he said, O-M-W-A-M-W-A or something. Yeah, I was thinking Mwimwamwa. Mwimwamwa, I don't know. I don't have a um, But there's, there's speculation about this, because it's entered our solar system, and it, it doesn't really align to our understanding of naturally forming shapes. No. And I think no, no one's suggesting that it's alien technology, or no one's seriously suggesting it's alien technology. But what they are saying is uh, they don't know how it has come to be. And could it be 
alien technology. Um, and off the back of that and the report, there's, there's this new project, and they're going to be looking for signs of uh, technological evidence. Now, the reason, because this isn't really a, a story to, to, to kind of comment on in terms of whether we believe it or not, because it's it's a fact, it's what they're doing. Mike, why I wanted to talk about this was whether you think it's a good idea to even be doing this. So I suppose the question is, what good can come from making contact with an alien species? None. Do, I mean, <laughs> I, I think I think it was Stephen Hawking who was extremely cautious about artificial intelligence and also blasting signals into space because his argument was anyone who had the technology to come here is highly likely not to be uh, sympathetic to us. I mean, you, you can look at the all the other species of animals on this planet and we haven't cared for them at all. Maybe only in maybe the last hundred years, I suppose, is when conservation's really kicked in. But the assumption that this advanced race could come here, who's to say they wouldn't view us as significantly inferior? Um, I don't know. It just seems like a massive gamble. Obviously, we all want to know if there is more out there. But do you really want to flash a beacon into the darkness and not know who's going to answer it? I, I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, I personally believe that there is other life living out there. Oh, I, I do. hundred percent. Without doubt. I think it's good to have an inquisitive mind and want to know these things. But I don't think poking the bear necessarily is the right thing to do. Mm. you're basically putting a big target on your back aren't you um but i don't know i mean radio frequencies have been put out through space you know so many times and i I don't know if it is any better or worse to do this than what's already been done um you don't know if we're already being observed yeah Um, you know surely if we were viewed as inferior and there was something in close in close range of earth then we would have you know experienced some kind of catastrophe by now um but maybe reaching deeper into space to to get these answers is a bad thing because it's like we don't even know our own planet like it's full depths do mm. we? we have all of these no. creatures that live deep in the ocean that we've not even explored yet because we're incapable of doing so yeah you know and um i saw a while ago that there was this kind of black puffer fish that looked really weird i think it had teeth and um some kind of like gang dangly thing coming off its head and people were like <laughs> what the hell is this fish have they never seen anything like it and it turned out to be like um this female fish that lives deep in the sea but i think it was only the second one to ever be to have been discovered mm. so i'm just trying to make that comparison that you know deep within our own earth there are things that we don't know about so deeper yeah. in that universe that is absolutely endless there's going to be mm. something you know much worse out there um yeah i yeah. mean we evolved over what i don't know for sure but i'm guessing a couple of hundred thousand years the universe is billions of years old and why 
why would we assume that not not only do I think that there's life out there 100%, I think there's intelligent life out there. I think there's civilizations out there. Whether we ever come into contact with them is, is another matter, though. Yeah, I definitely believe that there's entities out there that are far more intelligent than us, and we probably are very hmm. interior. S- some of us. Mm. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, time for your story, Cara. Mine is... Mum calls priest to bless home after spotting black ghostly figure on CCTV. Maxine Hughes from Glasgow was so spooked when she spotted a black ghostly figure appear on her home CCTV that she called in support from a local priest. Now, I think she jumped the gun a bit personally on the (laughs) train. Oh, dear. Uh, Yeah. I, I never thought of it like that. Um, what what I will say is, I when I first saw it, I thought I was extremely dismissive of it. But my first thought was Dementor. <laughs> yeah, it it does. I mean, it's it's interesting. It it is interesting, but I think it's there's two different things happening, isn't there? And I think it's fairly. To me, at least, I, I, I think I've got an explanation for, for both of them. I think it's a fly. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the first one where someone says someone actually further down, because apparently the whole street is talking about this. Yeah. Someone someone further down actually said it looks like a horse, but with human legs. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> Did they say exactly like that? they must have done is scotland and that's clearly the perfect accent that i did okay but i i think the first one was a camera glitch and i think the second one was some sort of insect walking across the lens and it looks see-through and blurry because it's so close to the camera yeah moving so fast and wings are translucent they are they are i mean it's the same as when you see these um which i think is complete nonsense uh to be honest is these things um, and I, I don't I don't say that lightly, um, but I think it's easily explainable if you, these um, so-called entities called rods that are captured on camera. They're like these long rectangular pieces of light with a corkscrew shape going through them. But it's 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 moths. And that's the shape their wing their wings make when it's um, when the camera can't track them properly. And the image is blurred across. You get this kind of spiraling shape. It's, it's, it's basically well proven. Um, and I think insects can make some incredibly strange shapes on camera. I do think I don't think that first one's an insect though. The one where it flashes on the screen and's gone again. Mm. I, th- I think I think that's a glitch in the camera. Could a glitch be contained like that? I don't know. I mean, I I, I found that more interesting than the second one. The second one, I think, is definitely an insect. But either way, we both agree that it's not otherworldly. Okay, so we think we've debunked this one. Mm. All right, my uh, final story of the week is uh, something we've never never touched on before, and it is about a werewolf. Um, And the headline says, Werewolf could be terrorising 170-year-old cemetery researcher claims and this is uh, not far from us in south london in camberwell and apparently there's been two reported sightings of a werewolf in this uh 
cemetery graveyard that cooperate each other and uh, apparently according to this researcher andy mcgrath uh, confirm each other and are very similar what the hell did you make of it cara i don't know i don't know what i thought of it i was trying to I was trying to think of anything that I'd read in the past that would be similar because people always mention that they see like big cats. Uh, yeah. and there's a gentleman at work who believes that his neighbourhood, he lives um, in a rural part of Colchester when there's only a few houses on his road um, where lots of cats have gone missing. And he believes that there's a, a bigger cat or some kind of animal that's uh, stealing them all away and eating them. Oh, has, uh, he, has he got any pictures? No, no, sadly, he does want to get some, though. Mm. Um, he mentioned it to me a few months ago, and then he mentioned it to a couple of my colleagues yesterday, apparently. Um, but they weren't as curious about it as me. They, they were kind of taking the mick, apparently. I was like, oh. <laughs> um, but I honestly don't know. As you say, two stories that can corroborate each other yeah. at different times. I, I find this... Stories. I find this quite a weird article. Um, I, I can't imagine it. All I can perceive it as being is someone's eyes perceiving them, perhaps. I don't believe that anyone would be out there pretending to be a large hairy dog. Um, yeah. Their hind legs or slobbering or growling or sniffing someone. And unless... You know, uh, there's been an unfortunate occurrence that someone has escaped from a nearby institution. Um, yeah. But I, I honestly don't know. I, I just find it very strange, a very strange article, because these two in, uh, occurrences were 1996 and 2004. And yeah. yet this article has come out this year. And the guy, Andy, who is the, a local researcher of the uh, cemetery, said he didn't believe in werewolves until these two stories uh, cooperated each other. But the two stories are completely different. One is a guy dragged down to the floor by a, a very large dog-like creature that then run off on hind legs. The second one was a growl coming from a behind a tree, and then the tree shakes, and those are eight years apart. I think it's a massive stretch to think that they're caused by the same thing. There's no evidence whatsoever. This isn't his story. This is research he's done. This is, uh, we're getting it third hand. Um, so there's nothing to back up these claims whatsoever. When, when you, I mean, when you break it down, you've got guy scared by large dog and two ladies scared by someone shaking a tree. I, I'm a bit of a loss as to what the point of the article is and why it's happening now. I was expecting there to be, when I saw 1996-2004, I thought it was going to be, oh, and then there was nothing until earlier this year. But yeah. there's nothing at all. Oh, no. And there's no photos, no videos. No pictures, no audio, nothing. No, I'm not. Um, I was a bit disappointed in this one, to tell you the truth. Maybe there will be a real werewolf sighting one day. Um, I think not. <laughs> well, Professor Lupin would certainly disagree. <laughs> yeah, he would. And uh, maybe Sirius Black, if you count that as well. Or was he was just a big dog, wasn't he? But then this was a big dog. Anyway, I'm not sure what to make of this one. And my voice just went really squeaky as well. 
<laughs> I feel like you should break into song now. Okay, you can say goodbye. Thanks. You can, you can say goodbye this week because you started it off. Well, seeing as Chris wants nothing more to do with you people, I shall close the episode. <laughs> I need, I need, I need a wee. Lovely. We we go off on too many tangents. We do. <laughs> That's all part of the greater picture. My favourite want... bit. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. Tune in next week and have a good evening. Bye.